Hey, I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. And we're the Leftovers. No, we're not. Yes, we are. I did not agree to that. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mark. What's happening today? You seem a little subdued today. Chilling in the palatial Studio C. We love it here, don't we? We love it in Studio C. Well, not Studio A or B. Because we're not in those studios. We're in Studio C. Did you Did you put the badger in there? And having a good time in Studio C. Why would you put the badger in Chilling, Studio A? Maxing and relaxing in Studio C. What are we talking about today, Chris? I was wanting to talk about the badger in Studio A, but uh, the topic for the podcast today is, uh, I think, mental health. Mental health. The health of our mind. M- mental. I snorted. Did you hear that? I heard it. <laughs> Definition. I don't want one. Well, what if you get one? I don't have a choice, do I? I kind of need my glasses on. <laughs> Talk about old age. <laughs> Talk about it. I don't care. A person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Mental health is your overall well-being Whereas mental illness is when something is a little off-center. So a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Psychological. And emotional. And emotional. Well-being. Just as our physical health goes, you know, our heart. Our lungs, muscles. Got some muscles there, Chris? Nope, I'm a very weak man. Or as I wrote here, or the lack of. (laughs) These things all need proper care. If they do not receive proper care, you have a problem. If someone smokes cigs, I wrote cigs on here. Cigarettes for all the younger kids. Let's call them cigs today. What do you say? If we not. <laughs> so, I like cigs. No. So if someone smokes cigs for 25 years, chances are their lungs, their heart, and other things are going to have problems. Yes. Yes. I mean, you're adding very harmful chemicals into your body. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we do that today with what's in our food also. So, we agree that smoking smoking cigarettes is bad for 25 years. I'm not going to (laughs) say. It's going to cause you problems, right? Yes. Yeah. Just like being around uh, the wrong people can harm your mental health or not doing, not taking care of your mind can hurt your mental health. You got to take care, just like every other muscle in your body or organ in your body, you have to take care of it in certain ways, just like your mind. Uh, Us as humans, we need to be, uh, we are social creatures, so part of being a social creature is being around others, talking and communicating with others. That is um, 
that is taking care of your mind. Also, uh, learning new information. I mean, we want to learn, or most people want to learn. And so, lear- learning new information, whether Do you think most people want to learn? I, I, I heard that, and I'm playing it in my mind while you said it. And I'm wondering, do most people want to learn? It, it, they want to learn something. It just depends on what that something is. You don't think they want to keep status quo, keep what they got, forget the rest? I, I wonder. Now, it's just a question I'm rolling I do believe there. people want to learn. The problem is, 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 is. Is, is. Two is. It's kind of like ISIS, ain't it? Is Sigs. Oh heavens! <laughs> the thing is, is that you've got to do a lot of times when you learn something, it takes the physical. You actually have to physically do something, and a lot of people to don't. learn something, you have to physically do something. So, if somebody wants to learn how to weld, okay. they think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. They physically have to find, for one, they have to find the welding equipment. Then they also have to, and that's a lot of the times physical, whether it's online or physically going to people. I'm sorry, I can't unthink of what a guy that I used to work with used to say. (laughs) I just can't. What did he say, Mark? I, I can't repeat it. You'll just have to. He said, hey, you a welder? (laughs) And then he would proceed with welding something on the, yeah. So if we take care of our heart, we take care of our lungs, try, try to take care of muscles, things that are physically able to be removed from your body and replaced if necessary. I know there are people we know have just recently had a, Hip replacement, that's taking a hip out and putting a brand new one in there. That's amazing when you just think about it. But those are things that you can physically remove and replace if necessary. Your brain is not something you can do that with. So emotions and psychological makeups is a lot of thinking, a lot of storage in your brain. There's a lot that goes into that. You can't just replace that with a physical hip or knee or wrist. If you if you have a part of your brain that quits working, whether it's your long-term or short-term memory, you can't just go find somebody that's not using that part of their brain. Plug and, it in. Plug, plug and play. In. Yeah. yeah, they don't have that nope. yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. But you're you're probably working on it. But you're absolutely correct. I mean, we we can't replace it, so we need to take care of it. And I don't. There's a lot of. I I think we are. People talk about all the time. Oh, people don't worry about their bodies. They're people are getting fat. And I'm like, part of. I mean, part of all of that is your mind, because we've as as a society. We've allowed TV and... Um, Don't leave your wonderful cell phone out of there, Chris. Well, that's... I was thinking of other things other than TV, your cell phone, your YouTube. attachment. Uh, social media. We've allowed those things to do a lot of 
what what we are supposed mm-hmm. to do with our brains. Yep. And it like TV shows, a lot of TV shows aren't meant to make you think. No. They're supposed to be a way for you to relax. Relax and shut down and we do that quite a bit. Relax and shut down. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Such as your mental health. Uh, how do how do you take care of your mental health? That's a question. Uh, I had wrote a couple of little things here, hoping that we would expound on it. But one thing that come to my mind when I was thinking about this for the past week is opening new doors, yet staying on a schedule. That sounds redundant. It sounds like they, uh, one wouldn't would not work with the other. Isn't opening a but, door physical though? You have to well, turn the knob. And yeah, pull. it is. This is psychologically. But if you um, approach a new, like maybe uh, I know a few years ago I got a gym membership, and it'd been years since I'd stepped into a gym, and I was apprehensive. I really, I wanted to go. It's just the first step. And a lot of things we do is very scary. Yeah. And in order to take that step, you've got to, I do. I mean, I imagine majority of people are like me, but you have to virtually psych yourself up and then physically get to moving to whatever goal that is. Mine was to get to the gym, much less what I'm going to do when I get in there. But I had to get there first. Yeah, you've got to get there first, but then there's all, then you've got to deal with other there's, hurdles, yes. whether it be... That stair machine, boy, there's a hurdle. <laughs> no, I mean, even even before you pick out a machine or where deciding on what you want to do, uh, you have to get comfortable with yourself mm-hmm. in that you are going... You have to get into that mindset of, I want to make myself better no mm-hmm. matter what these people think about the way I look. Because, I mean, that I can say as, I mean, that's one of my big things is I'm, are, a, I'm a bigger guy. Are you worried about what others think? Does that, does that hold you from, because I think everybody, oh, yeah. everybody would answer yes. It's what degree of that that actually holds you away from opening it, the new door. It's it's crazy that the more I think about it is I'm I'm worrying about what these people I'm probably never going to see never. other than yeah. when I go to to work out mm-hmm. if they even show up again. Mm-hmm. Uh I worry about what they're thinking. I'm like, "Oh, they're thinking that that fat piece of lard is here that he shouldn't be here he should just be fat and on his own somewhere else instead of thinking those people might be thinking hey that guy's trying to do better you know you're not even thinking that side of it though it's instantly negative and i think a lot of people has the mindset of whatever door that it doesn't have to be a gym Maybe you want to learn to ride a bike at 25. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But in, or you're saying, well, I'm 25. I should already know how to ride a bike. Why would I want to do it now? People's going to make fun of me when I fall off the bike. Instead of saying, I'm riding the bike. Yeah. Forget what people think. 
Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They don't care. <laughs> They're probably just going to make fun of you anyway. Look at him. He fell off his bike. But what happens when you get on that bike again and, again, and, you, actually, and, again, and again. you actually ride good? It, it makes you feel better. Yeah. You get emotionally, you know, you get to let steam off. And, and that person sees that, hey, that worked for them. Maybe I'll give it a shot. And instead of worrying about them, now we're thinking about and it's not selfish, but it is. Well, there um, there are times you've got you have to be selfish about some things, and it's like you you can't. It's the old adage that's in the uh, adage. I like adages and adverbs. The 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 story the story in the Bible, uh, worrying about your uh, brother's speck in his eye when mm. you have a plank in your eye it's yep. like at, at some point you have to worry about yourself mm-hmm. yeah and taking care of yourself before you worry about yep. somebody else that like myself it, it's not for me to talk about somebody's weight mm-hmm. when i can't i can't fight the hurdle of my own of losing weight myself but i and getting back to the gym most people in that gym are thinking the same thing that you're thinking. They're thinking, what is he thinking about me? What are they thinking about me? Instead of just like, hey, I'm going to ride here. I'm going to go hit ride here. I'm going to go here and, and ride the, the exercise bike for half hour. Or I'm going to do those god-awful s- s- stair machine. Whatever. Stair masters. <laughs> whatever you want to do. But instead of – and I – it literally, I got in the mindset because I was very apprehensive and it got to be very enjoyable because I wasn't worried about what other people thought. I was going there for me, not for them. And it got to be, it got to be really enjoyable. I mean, that, that, I mean, it should be for you because mm-hmm. you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And dude, I seen, there was an older fella and by older fella, I mean like old enough to be my father. And it looked like he had had some knee issues because he had on, like, um, sleeves over his knees. And looked like it was trouble to walk. It looked very, very painful. But that man was in there every day because I went every day. He was there every day looking like he could hardly walk. But he's in the gym for him. That wasn't for everybody else. That, that was, was for, for him. him to improve. And I enjoy, I really do, I enjoy to see people try to improve. Now, we've talked about physical, and that's something I could see the man had knee issues. He had had some kind of surgeries and everything. But because but, of that physical uh, ailment, I'll say, it might have led towards a mental problem that he also had of mm-hmm. trying to make himself better or worrying about what everybody else thinks mm-hmm. that kept him from trying to get through the knee problem. I, I do think uh, at the time I was going uh, to the gym regularly, I was trying to work out some emotional stuff and that gives me an outlet for that as well. Because I tell you, you get yourself really tired. I mean, we work, we work hard every day. And then you go and spend an hour or so at the gym. By the time you get home, 
you're drained physically and yep. emotionally. You don't have time to think about what was or, you know, emotionally you're spent. Well, I mean, my another thing for me is I also have to worry about I, – I, I have the mental thoughts of I'm away from my kids for mm-hmm. so long every day that yep. taking another hour out of mm-hmm. my day to go somewhere else and not be with them but is hard. It's not maybe you'll be with them longer. That's a yeah, thought. I mean, it's possible, you know. But at the same time, I, you hear these stories about people that are. Uh, well, I'll, I can give another uh, story of. Uh, I know somebody that. I know of somebody through another person and they were, they worried about their health. Mm -hmm. They worked out all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can become a problem. Well, it can't. He, he was, he worried about his health. So Mm -hmm. he did not, he did, he made sure he did not overdo it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made sure he ate right. Uh, He worried about his blood pressure. So he changed his diet. He changed his diet a couple of times worrying about it. And at the old age of 59, he passed away That's from a heart right. attack. Yeah. And it, some it, some things you just have zero control over. Yeah. You can do the best you can, though. Yes. That, that oh. should not be a story no. of not No, that guy anything. was giving it everything he had. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Maybe, possibly, he prolonged his life from yeah. what, you know, maybe he was going to die eight years earlier. But because of, you know, what he was doing, maybe he lived longer. Yep. Uh, so I had uh, wrote. Uh, you have a lot of things written down. <laughs> so uh, we need to learn how to cope uh, in healthy ways, uh, su- such as when uh, someone gets upset, and everybody does it. Uh, someone gets upset. How do you, How do you handle that? Do you uh, storm off? Do you get quiet? Do you get alone? Uh, you know, there's good ways to handle you getting upset. Now, if it's you and your spouse and they've done something that is just, I'm not talking about your friendly, you know. So your your wife is yelling um, and screaming no, no, at you and you tell her, no, calm down. No, I'm talking way, way worse. Way, not, you know. Throwing plates at you. No. <laughs> She, she, or or you have have uh, really uh, screwed up some, somehow. How do you handle that? Um, do you come back with a you know this is the way it is? I'm the boss, or do you go off and get quiet, uh, collect your thoughts before you say anything? To me, that's the smart thing to do. Difficult to do in the moment. Oh, yeah. But really, the smart thing to do is shut up for a minute, get your thoughts, and say what you mean. Flying well, I, off the handle rarely works in your favor. I, th- I think a lot of, I'll put my, a lot of us in today's society find it so much easier to take the easy way out, whether it's fighting with a spouse, uh, something going on at work. The easiest way about it is to. Well, a lot of people say that the easiest part is walking away. Mm-hmm. But the other part of walking away is walking away to calm down to mm-hmm. then find a an answer. An answer mm-hmm. to the problem. Yeah. Whereas a lot Just of people Just walking away is not the answer. That is right. Yeah. 
uh, all walking away does is prolong that mm-hmm. blow up from happening again if yep. you don't try to figure out the, the answer to the problem. Yep. Being a positive, um, being positive uh, to me, emotionally, mental health speaking, and I know you can't always be positive. It's it's uh, taxing on someone if they're in a terrible mood, but they're trying to throw in some positivity. Sometimes you just got to be in a terrible mood and get through it. But, but at the same time, the, you can't the always be part, in a, It's not. A you ba- need to strive for positivity. You need to strive for positive. Yes. But at the, you can go the exact opposite. It's not. I don't strive for being hateful. No. You want to always. You want to try to stay positive. But it's like you said. There's sometimes where you don't need to overdo trying to be happy and positive. No. Because that'll be taxing. But I think same, it comes off to people is what you're doing as well. But at the same time, you don't need to overly be negative, 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 no. negative. No, because that, that comes off as nobody – you don't – so you can do that, too. but you don't have to worry about anybody being around you for very long because they're going the other direction. Well, after after so long of that, and nobody wanting to be around mm-hmm. you, I mean, you don't you don't think about it, but it is it is negative because then you find that being alone is the easiest place for you mm-hmm. because you don't have to you haven't deal learned how to deal with others. Yeah. Yeah, and so that when you are around others, it makes it that much more difficult. Yep. And I, I mean, I'm saying that because that's that's me mm-hmm. in a nutshell. I, I, per- I just had a mental picture of you in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I, when I was younger, I purpose. Oh, I say younger. I did it even in my twenties. Uh, that's younger. I. I I tried to stay away from everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to put my problems off on others. I didn't, I had no problem if somebody wanted to come to me and talk to me because mm-hmm. I would, I had no problem helping them deal with their burdens at the A lot same of times that takes your mind off of your own well, helping somebody else. But at the same time, I didn't want to put my burdens off mm-hmm. on and there's, else. A, there's a lot that, a lot of people who feel that same way. Yeah. That I don't want to put it off on you. Well, unbeknownst to you, that other person wants to hear your issue. Well, I, they they want it's to a catch help. 22 there. They want to help you. Yeah. But you won't let them. That's yeah. that's the thing. Is but I also wonder if they really do want to help you. I'm sitting here questioning what I'm thinking now. Well, I mean, that's another part of that the negativity of yeah. being alone is you always try to find the negatives. Yeah. Does that person really want to hear my yeah. hear what I have? I'm usually thinking no, they don't. Uh, but at the same time, whenever you're trying to help yeah, somebody else, I want to hear somebody's issues. You I want to that. help. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, but. It, that's where that's one part of not being able to have i guess you could say the empathy in that position mm-hmm. of i want to help somebody feel better 
but I don't think that they want to do the mm-hmm. same for me. It's that there, there yep. you're having a lack of yep. empathy. Yeah, you're just telling yourself no. Yeah. Um, but when poor mental health turns into mental illness, um, do we have any control of mental illness? Certain mental illnesses, yes. Certain mental illnesses, no. There are certain mental illnesses that are uh, inherited, based, inherited based on your brain's makeup. Um, you are, there are people that are more inclined to have uh, certain what we would call mental illnesses like uh, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Do you think some people today... And I rarely do this kind of thing. You know, normally I'm saying whatever's going on today has always been going on. But do you think some people today use their mental illness as a look at me? Oh, yes, most definitely. And why is that? Because people... People want to be the center of attention. They they want people to look at them. Everybody, you hear everybody all the time. No, oh, I don't want to be the center of attention. No, I don't. I, I don't want people to see see my flaws or see this uh, bad part about me. But then they go out there and say, "Hey, look at my problems mm-hmm. I have here." I, it's like I, an I say, honor to have some kind of mental illness today. You know, it's like. Oh, he's got whatever fill in the blank, and well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere that you're not gonna want me to go. Uh oh, as long as you but stay the, in that seat, we're good. <laughs> no, but there there have just been, stay in the same room and we're good. There have been studies uh, here lately with uh, people wanting to be of the opposite gender or sex that a lot of kids these days. The younger ones, a lot of them are doing that stuff, and majority of them will grow out of it. But they're doing it because they want to be seen. They want to be, they want to feel special, because you hear on the news and on the TV shows and on these podcasts like our own, where people talk about this stuff, and they want to the be best seen. podcast in the whole wide world. But they see where the mainstream news is. Uh, flouting, 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 and I don't think kids watch the mainstream news more than you would believe. But mm, at the same time, but all these, all these kids shows that they're putting it into Bluey. No, it's not in Bluey. Blue's, it's your jam right there, and it? it's my children's. Yes, mine was uh, Blues Clues. Blues Clues. They had a transgender parade on Blues Clues. Didn't see that one. Must have been later. <laughs> yes. it's to, it, it was a couple, it might have been a couple months or maybe even a year ago where they were doing that. And they're, I mean, they're pushing the stuff into our kids' shows. And so, I mean, it's, it's put out there to be something different. And so they're like, oh, I want to do this. They'll grow out of, a majority of them will grow out of it because they mature and they have the right, um, they have the right uh, people behind them to help them mentally. 
But you, then you also have to worry about the people that just have the people that'll cave in and let them make all these, all these decisions and not actually help them, which is hurting them mentally. Can mental illness reverse, get reversed, changed? Yes. There are well, certain mental illnesses, yes. Certain mental illnesses you can... Um, I don't, the, there are certain mental illnesses I believe that can be overcome, uh, and gotten rid of completely. There are certain mental illnesses that I believe can be helped by, um, you might not like it, but with medications to help the, um, why would I not like it? I was once a, um, um, advocate of. Of uh, you were anxiety once, medicine. You were once somebody that took the medications to yes. equalize the yes. chemicals in your brain. I was that guy. But you're no longer that guy of no, I'm not. thinking that. So there again. I think it was for a time. And that's, that's one thing I want to get to here is medications and mental health. And I know, uh, let me give you a few stats here. I've got written down or I'll go crazy. Uh <laughs> Mm, maybe You've already, already gone there. crazy. Maybe already there. Nineteen to twenty-one percent of Americans experience at least one mental illness. Fifty-five percent have not received any treatment. So fifty-five percent of the let's say twenty-one percent, so half of the twenty-one percent, uh, have not received any treatment. Have you ever had a, a physical ailment that uh, you did not seek a doctor? Like a broken arm, broken nose, broken coccyx uh, that you did. You need to learn how to say medical terms correctly. Coccyx. You can say it every how you want to say it. It's your tailbone. So if you broke your tailbone and you know when you go to the doctor, they're probably going to make you sit on a donut for a few weeks and give you some uh, Tylenol. You thought, well, you know what? I can do that myself. I'm good. So there are times when um, I've had physical ailments where I didn't go to the doctor. Yourself? Yes. Sure. I think everybody has. So well, I mean, common cold you don't go to the doctor for. Well, it's I'm talking ailment. about a physical ailment, like a broken finger or a um, rash, something that you can see, you can scratch, uh, you can feel. So, uh, so it's. I don't think it would be uncommon to have a problem emotionally and not seek treatment. I think that that would be as common or more common than a physical problem and you not going to the doctor. I think it would be just as common or or a higher number of people not seeking counseling therapy or whatever you go see for emotional issues mental issues i think that i think that 55% is probably really low because you know they take a percentage of people that they've surveyed yes. and this that and other so i'm guessing that most everyone has had some episode of mental issues whether it goes into the category of illness or not, I'm not the one to say. Well, there's, we're, I, I believe that us as a whole society are working our way through the 
Or the cosmos of the world. No. We're working yeah. our way through the connotations of seeing somebody about our mental health. You go to, you have something fit wrong physically, you go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. You have something wrong mentally, mm-hmm. and, I mean, even 10 years ago. Don't you seek help? Should? Should. Help. Should you, yes. But, like, 10 years ago, uh, if you told somebody that you were going to see a therapist, mm-hmm. are you crazy? Is there uh, something yes. wrong with you That's mentally? That's why I'm going to, and then we'll go yes. right back to where we're worried to death of what other people's going to think about us. Correct. And Same situation. Just and, now, and it's mentally and not physically. To where now it's becoming less and the the connotation of going to see somebody like a therapist is not as much of a taboo as it once used to be. Yep. There are certain things that our society works through. Uh, to get to the good, and but then at the same time you have to take the bad stuff. Take where the bad, what was that song? Take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. Yeah, <laughs> we have our song. There you go. No. We didn't have a song in here until right now. Facts but I mean life. that. Then I mean there are some people that are overdoing it mm-hmm. with. Um, yeah, I've got something wrong with me, and I should be celebrated for what's what, using. What, uh, using their mental mental problem problems. as a crutch. Yeah, yeah. Like when your leg's not broke and you're walking around on a crutch. Mm-hmm. So me and my son used to make fun, and I probably shouldn't even tell this story, but I'm going to because I think it's funny. Like you would <laughs> at our local school, uh, local high school, the cheerleaders for the football team. There's probably twenty or so, and there's always one. That's got the sleeve on the knee. That she's got, knee, got the knee problem. So we always used to joke because we would go to other football games out of town, you know, everywhere. And there's always that one that's got the sleeve on, not the brace. It's just the sleeve that you go to the DG and buy. The sleeve on the knee. So literally, it could be hurt, possibly. But it's kind of like that honor that we're talking about. I've got a mental problem. Look at me. You know, I stretched these ligaments in my knee seventh grade, and here I am in the eleventh grade trying to save them. It was always a funny thing. I mean, they, she could have a hurt knee. But it's every school you go to, you can find that one. It's well, like I, there used to be a all thing. That, all on that the foot- does is prove that what they're doing as what everyone what all every school is doing is some of the exact same thing and that exact same thing hurts at least one person's knee it at least you're right and the other girl that has a really hurt knee no brace i mean you look (laughs) you look at all these football players who you look at all of them (laughs) you look at all these uh offensive linemen who have these braces on their mm-hmm. legs like the guys who they wear those for preventative maintenance but how much of it is the hey look at me i'm, I'm trying i think they really work so what's the difference between that and the cheerleader who has the sleeve on her leg well she's i mean it's because not she, preventative though how do you know your left knee is going to do something why not wear it on both of them 
Well, not everybody. Who, who's who's to say something didn't happen to that's, that knee? That's not the road we want to go down. The number one most common diagnosed mental disorder is anxiety. Anxiety, major depression, as well. They kind of lump those together a lot of times for some well, reason. I mean, because uh, a lot of those are intertwined. Well, <clears throat> a lot of the time, anxiety and depression is intertwined. Well, because. If if you if you look at them individually though, depression to me, and again I'm no doctor, I'm no therapist, I'm just a guy, just a guy, and just a guy that's just about a to give guy, a, a just take a guy. That. Gonna give some advice or no, idea. You're going no, you're going to give uh, your thoughts, thoughts, not, not advice. Advice. I can give advice. No, I advise no, you to listen to the podcast. I'm not um, taking your advice but, on this. Um, when I think about depression, I think most people, if not all, could be 100%, have went through a state of some kind of depression, whether it was a small spell or a large spell, maybe a lifelong spell. I think everyone has somehow, some way, experienced depression, and I'm guessing no one's going to say that was fun. Nobody's going to say, hey, I want to go through another one of those. They're probably like, get me as far away from that as you can get me. So when I think of depression, I think of sadness. I think of loneliness comes to mind. And how each person handles that, totally different. You know, some go to substances, some go to the doctor, some drive their car really fast. Uh, just everybody's got a way. And so, but here's the thing. When I think of anxiety now, I don't think of those things. I think of nervousness. I think of maybe a little scared, uh, uptight, uh, heart going, you know, a little quicker than it ought to be going. Um, causing your insides to be abnormally upset okay and so yes you can have them at the same time you could be anxious causing the or depression causing you to be anxious about while you're depressed yeah but you boy that was strong <laughs> but you can have one without the other you can that and is I possible think more often than not they are separate you can have no, a broken I, arm and a spring foot at the same time as somebody that deals with both depression and anxiety, those are two things I have been diagnosed with. The majority of people, when they have one, a lot of times also suffer suffer from the other. Very possible. And, I just don't think so. But as you showed that your statistics bear that out. Well, I, that's why I wonder if this isn't coming from our da, 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 specialist who label these things. I, I agree. Our, spe, our quote-unquote mm -hmm. specialists like to throw pills at people mm -hmm. left and right and diagnose them. But the pe I, I believe that the number of people that actually have these uh, issues uh, issues. Mm -hmm are a lot lower than what the statistics bear out because just because 
of uh, pharmaceutical companies and uh, psychiatrists and therapists want the business of having these people. Sure. As They're out of business patients. without that. Yeah. Correct. They don't have a job. But me being me going through my depression and anxiety that I have and that my the medications that are given to me help mm-hmm. me because I know the way that I am without them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't see those as separate. You see them as one. I didn't say that I didn't see them as separate. Mm-hmm. What I said is. So you couldn't handle like let's take care of one of these with this whatever regiment you have to do of anxiety or depression or whatever. And so let's let's take care of this one. And then we'll take care of the other. One. You have to figure out which one is the more prevalent one mm-hmm. that causes the other. Because what, from what I have seen and from what I have heard from other people that also have the same elements of anxiety and depression is you have to figure out whether it's the anxiety that is causing the depression mm-hmm. or the depression that is causing the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Which come first, the chicken or the egg? Well, for a lot of people, they could have had depression for a long time. Yep. And then, uh, what do you think anchors depression? Like, just keeps it in the bottom. What do you th- do? You think it's just the person's makeup, or some? Sometimes it is the chemical imbalance that is in their body. Uh, sometimes it is the way that their brain is wired. That once they get something in their head, it is next to impossible to get them to not think of it that way so you think it's genetic it can be uh, depression can be uh, passed down through genetics mm-hmm. um, you think we're all prone to depression no you don't think everyone's prone to depression. everybody will have depressive um, moments but the 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 ailment of depression is where you get down there and you can't get, you cannot leave that state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's kind of like with anxiety is everybody has anxiety over something, mm-hmm. but at, they can either take care of the problem or after a while that anxiety goes away. Whereas somebody that suffers from anxiety, uh, they get anxious about something and instead of that feeling going away, all it does is increase and increase and increase. Mm-hmm. And that's where somebody can have a panic attack. You might think it might be the dumbest thing that they should be uh, worrying about. Mm-hmm. But it's the way that either the chemicals are in their brain or their body or the wiring of their brain mm-hmm. that does not allow them to allow them to come down from there to where that's where talking with somebody Mm -hmm. because a lot of people that I've, I I say that I've seen from, from the stories that I hear from people, majority of people that suffer from anxiety and or depression are usually loners. Mm -hmm. So they've, they've already taught themselves that, I don't need to put my problems off on others. Mm -hmm. So they don't have, they might have a friend or two, but that doesn't mean that they want to put their problems off on them. They're still going to bottle everything. And their friend will be like, 
I, I knew she was having some mm-hmm. problems, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And I think the majority of people fall under that category. That, that's what I think, that most people don't want to put their problems off on anybody. That, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But for most people, they don't. They're, they don't want to put their problems off on people, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they have less of a problem of of letting that problem go. I mean, a lot of a lot of people that have depression, their problem, their problems, are what they fixate on, mm-hmm. and that fixation yeah. that fixation becomes the anxiety. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I see where they're connected, no doubt. But, the, but also there again, that anxiety—if it could be somebody that never suffered from depression before, mm-hmm. and they start having anxiety attacks, anxiety attacks, and they're thinking, and "Why that, me? Why me?" And then that start getting depressed. Causes over that. a depression. Yeah. So but, I mean, one, that's only one, that's only one yeah, that's part just of an, an area mental illness. Uh, one in five Americans. Uh, the, I thought these numbers were pretty high. One in five Americans, Americans, uh, experience mental health each year. Mental some, illness. Some no, we uh, some some type of mental illness. I'm sorry. Yes, mental I illness uh, each year. One in twenty experience a serious uh, episode of mental illness in America. That's those numbers are high. And um, that's there again. We talked about it earlier. We both believe that those numbers are skewed a I little. I think high. they're elevated for a reason. I really do. For sale of medications, yes. Sale of therapy sessions. I, I agree that those numbers are high, mm-hmm. and it's probably quite a bit lower than that. But they've they've finagled with the definition of mental illness or who they interviewed or even who they interviewed. Yes. <laughs> so I found this to be very, uh, sad, very foretelling, but the second you, you can't skew these numbers, the second leading cause of death among 10 to 14 year olds in America, suicide. I found that to be very, very sad. Had no idea. 10 to 14 year olds. So, when we talk about mental health, and that's what we're talking about today, for me, it hits close to home. My brother, from a very young age, we, uh, he's, he's older than me, but I remember, uh, as a whole family, going to therapy sessions, a couple of them, and my brother had trouble in school. Smart guy, just uh, maybe he's dyslexic. He never was tested for that. And I know a lot of people are today that uh, you don't realize how they see things. And um, anyway, that's beside the point. But anyway, had a hard time in school. Grades were low. Uh, played sports. Tried to uh, succeed <laughs> That way, and later on with the girls as well, that was his thing, sports and girls, not necessarily school school projects and whatnot. So as a family, uh, my mom and dad must have seen that something's going on here. We need, uh, a- as a family, you don't single out the kid apparently back then 
to say you're going to therapy but no it was a whole family thing and we all went a couple of times and it helped absolutely none it's what happened so i don't know that mental health was understood so much then as it is now you know i think we've come up we've come away we've come a long way um, from where we used to be with mental health yeah and so we you know i guess my parents tried tried the best they could uh to make like my brother from a young age was very uh very what's the i'm trying to think of the word here i'm rarely without a word but uh defiant not defiant but it was going to be his way like i'll give you an example he's that's defiant <laughs> defiant yeah so uh we <laughs> we had went to the store to get school clothes for the year that's what we did as a family uh every year about july or so or june before school started we would go and we would get school clothes uh we'd get our shoes and so many pairs of pants and shirts and whatever so we had a limit on uh, price of shoes. I can't remember that limit. That was a few years ago. And so he, my brother, he found a pair of shoes that was over the limit. And my parents were like, no, we're going to stay with this limit. And he's like, but I'm, I'm getting these. And they're like, no, you're not. And, of course, he, you know, he's like, oh, yes, I'm getting these shoes. And so me, I say, you know what? I'll take these cheaper ones over here. Let him have the more expensive ones. I'm not patting my own back. I'm just telling you, this is how it went in our household. That if I had to give up something to make him happy, I would. That's just kind of what I learned from a young age. I know now that probably wasn't the most healthy thing to do. No. But that's what I did. And you, you wanted to later on in my marriage, I'd done the exact same thing. How did that work out for me? I wanted her to be happy, not so much me. And now, 51 years old, I got to think about me because I don't have either one of them. And the reason I don't have my brother is because of suicide. That's something I want to talk about. Because for a long time, I couldn't say this right here. It is very, very selfish. It's a selfish act. My brother was a very loving guy. He loved people. Didn't want to hurt. Now, once he became an adult, he was not so much like he was when he was a child. But he handled things. He was a perfectionist. Everything had to be neat, clean, crisp, the whole night. And if it wasn't, it was going to be. And so uh, <laughs> kind of drove me up the wall from time to time. Because me and him would work together a lot of times around the house and everything. And I would want to stop. You know, it's cold outside. Let's go in. No, no, no. We're going to get finished. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I always gave in. That's just the way I was. But when uh, when that happened in the year 2000, you know, it just kills the family, the immediate family and extended family, I'm sure, but especially the immediate family. You don't get over that. It's an act that's instant. They're gone. Their problems are over. Yours have just started as someone still living. And you have to deal with that somehow. I mean, at the time, I didn't think you'd go to therapy. I think you just worked with it yourself, which now I'm not so sure that was a smart move. Uh, some people in my family went to therapy. That was their thing, and it helped them out. 
Some got on medications, some didn't. And But years later, I'm 24 years removed from the day that that happened. I will say this. That was selfish. And that's not a word I ever associated with my brother. As an adult, as a kid, yeah, he got the more expensive shoes. But as an adult, I didn't associate selfish with him. But did he have issues? Yeah. Were they depression? Were they anxiety? Were they something else? I don't know. But he never got diagnosed because he never went to the doctor. He, he never sought out no. the help. Because he was ashamed. And that, that, that stigma has to go away. Yes, Shaming. That, that's got to go. That's where I, I want to get to the point of getting rid of the stigma of not of it being a bad thing to to seek help. Mm-hmm. We we are a society of me 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 mm-hmm. me me and that even comes to our problems. Yep. My problems are my problems or no one else's. Right. And so I'm I should keep them to myself. And where that it is slowly eroding from uh where it is where it was. Mm-hmm. It I, do, still, I do say, I think it has improved even since the 24 years that, that I've had to try to deal with this. I believe that stigma is slowly going it, away. It's slowly, mm-hmm. but it, I believe it's going to take multiple generations right. because the the generation of... I even think my kids, Chris, uh, they, they were born directly after him passing. And I don't think they have the same ideas about mental health as my generation did. I think it's greatly improved. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, I, I'll say this, your generation is my parents' generation. Mm-hmm. And then even, I have a single grandparent that is left, and hearing her sometimes talk about mental health and the way that she believes it should be taken care of totally different it's completely yeah. different it's she is now my mom and dad uh i don't know that they're your grandparents but a little younger than your grandparent because uh, you have one left um i know that that their mindset and possibly because what we went through as a family is seeking help is good and you're necessary yeah i i hate for it i hate that it had to happen yes but oh, yeah. your, your oh, family, goodness. I wouldn't want anybody to go through that. Your your parents went through something, yes, big, and they were try they they Throat loved the your family <laughs> more than anything in the world. So mm-hmm. they they would take the stigma of people thinking that their family is so messed up and crazy because they're going to see a therapist. They don't care about that. They yeah. just want. Somebody get they help. want it to get fixed. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's family is messed up and crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so yes. just take that, if we could, if it's even possible, to take that stigma away and say, guys, if you're feeling um, anxious, because my issue, and I don't even know if we have time to tell all this, but we'll, we might have to make two parts. There you go. <laughs> Maybe we'll make two parts out of this, but here we go. So I had an issue with anxiety. I didn't know what it was, okay? So I'm working outside one summer, uh, working on a pool deck, and I felt like 
I was having a heart attack. Of course, never had one of them either. But from all things that I had heard, this seemed like heart failure. So I go in the house, get a cold rag, tell my wife, uh, this is what's going. That's you know, telling somebody is a smart thing. And I've got all these issues going on. And so I was worried. It was uh, whatever was, was happening, I was making it worse because my mind is, and that's what we do. We start thinking the worst. Okay, if this is it, is this what my last looking around on this earth looks like? So anyway, I got an appointment to the doctor, and he checked me out, did the CAT scan or the uh, EKG, and all my heart rhythms were wonderful. He said, he said, uh, he told me this. He said, if I was giving a heart seminar, I would show them your heart rhythms because they're perfect. I was like, wow. <laughs> so, okay, that's not the problem, apparently. What is my problem? And he said, well, I can't say, but here's what I think. And such an honest doctor. I really liked him. And so he gave me a diagnosis of anxiety. And I was like, well, I'm not anxious about it. He says, you don't quite understand what you're saying. It's in here. I'm pointing at my head. If you guys were wondering, it's in here. It's in your mind. It's in your body. And you're something. It has got you, let's just say, ramped up and to a great uh, height that you've never seen before. And your body's reacting to it. And so he prescribed me some medications. And I'm going to say they really, really helped. He said, now, of course, like most doctors should tell you, I can't tell you in the future what your heart rhythms are going to look like. That's up to you. And your heart's going to get older. It's going to, you know, things are going to happen. But for right now, your heart looks wonderful. That's where the problems would come from. But no, it was in my mind that was anxiety. And for many years, I took anxiety medicine, and it did help me. But I got to a point to where I thought, what does life look like without this? And so I quit taking it, and I liked life without it. You know, different strokes, different folks. Oh, because I was going to say, yeah, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Because I've gone, I I tried to go without my medication. Did you honestly want to go without it? Or was it just an experiment? It was a mix of the two. I did want to get off of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was like I did need to do an experiment of what I would be like mm -hmm. without it. And I did not like the person I was. Yeah. Well, I'm, how else are you going to find out, you know? I mean, I, my, with my with my medications, it, bring, it brings me to a level place and allows me to, I still feel anxiety at times, mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near where it would be. Mm-hmm. It, it allow the medications have helped me um, equal out my. I can't say that it equals out. It, it lets it allows me to let go at times. Or I've seen not, I've seen you dance, so yeah, it it does. And I dance magnificently. Thank you very much. He. he uh, he dances, yes. Magnificently. Thank you very much. Yes, it, 
He dances. Um, but and we danced. <laughs> I have one more question. Counseling. It, it, I did a little research. It said in 2002, 27 million Americans sought counseling for mental issues. Growing to present day, uh, 2024, 42 million Americans have sought um, counseling. Why? Why so many, uh, or why has those numbers risen so much over 22 years' time? Why have we went from 27 million Americans to 42 million Americans seeking Because the population counseling? has grown? Not that much, though. But so when, when I'm you thinking look- it's just awareness. It, it, uh, part of it is awareness, but at the same time, you look at the the scale of the number of people that's not really that big of an increase when you think about i mean we are a we are a country of 330 million and not even a third that's people seeking yeah help and i wonder that's i wonder not even what that third. number looks like of people that who, continually do it who will not seek help you know, even though they have problems. Well, you also have to think seeking. about that number of that's people seeking it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That also includes the person that will go once mm-hmm. and never do it again. Yeah. But I'm thinking that the number of people who have had a serious mental issue, not seeking help is probably in the same neighborhood as the number of people seeking help. Oh yeah. Because, uh, going, that's a lot of people. Well, going to see a therapist isn't cheap. No. There, I, wonder, I don't know what insurance does for that. Very little but a lot I'm, of the time. I think, just like I've said about medication, I take uh, medications for high blood pressure to lower it somewhat. I had rather the doctor give me an eating program and an exercise program versus taking medicine. But that's not his specialty. He would have to. Well, he's you. actually a nutritionist. Okay. If he's, okay. If he's a nutritionist, what's the chances that my doctor's a nutritionist? Very slim. We have never discussed food. Must not be on my insurance plan. Must not be. The pills cheaper because a lot of doctors have their one speciality, speciality, and that's what they stick with. Yep. And so it's like you have a. He did give me a cigar one time. Doctor, a cigar a day will keep the doctor away, or keep him. Yeah, keep you returning to well, him. If you don't inhale, you should be fine. I don't smoke, so <laughs> then where's the cigar? I I think I gave it to someone here at Coswell. How, how dare you not give it to me? No, I didn't know you smoked cigars. Everybody, well, I say that it it's been months since I've had one. So in 2022, 33% of Americans experienced mental health issues and substance abuse problems. Um, I'd never even considered, but when you think about it, I'm going to guess a lot of times those two things could go hand in hand. In order for you to self-medicate your mental health issue, would that, could that, should that not lead to a substance abuse problem? 
well, who's to say that that substance doesn't cause that mental illness? Vice it's versa. Vice versa. Exactly. Uh, and I, I found last stat. <laughs> uh, yes, it's the last one. It's the last one written down. Fifty-two <laughs> percent of women sought help. Forty percent of men. You know, we're talking about um, Americans seeking therapist counseling. The number of women, 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 women. That's a new word. It's like swimming. More women, more women, women seek, seek help, help than men. I don't find that surprising. No, because the women, number surprised me. Fifty-two versus forty percent. The forty percent surprises me because that yeah. seems high. Really? Yeah. Because again, it's a percentage of people that they interviewed and called. Yeah, and, but when. I when, just when you what look, those numbers really are. When when you look at how society looks at men, men are usually the ones that people look to to fix the problems. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear all the time about the people going and, well, I say men going and looking for help for, with their problems. Because everybody comes to a man and wants them to fix their problems. They're like... Well, who am I supposed to go to to help me with my problems? Well, I'm a man. I should have to figure out my own problem. That's not chauvinist at all, Chris. <laughs> but, I am I mean, that's the way society looks at men. Is it? Yeah. Ma- major- okay. The, the people that solve problems are supposed to solve the problems. When you have a fire, you call fire. Fire, fire Marshal fire. Bill. Let me show you something. My wife will hate that. Um, Not as much as I did. <laughs> I think I've got mental issues right now. Golly. Uh, I mean, the people all the time. There's there's women in fire departments. There's women you, in you police don't ha- departments. You don't have to make the special voice. Oh, I just, do have to. Just regular, regular Chris voice. But the, the thing, when you talk about someone that goes to fight a fire you usually call them a fireman a fireman uh, or a policeman or well I can't doctors usually just that could be male or female but the majority of the people in these professions are men because they're I mean I wonder if there's a higher percentage of therapists that are women because i would guess women are a lot better listeners than men yes which women are better caretakers Mm -hmm. that's why majority of dr phil mcgraw doesn't count no uh (laughs) majority of teachers are female yeah majority of nurses are female Mm -hmm. Uh, majority of people having babies are women no that's a (laughs) hundred percent If, if you're having a baby, you're a woman. Plain, there's no man having a having a baby. I, I know that, Chris. Do, you know what do, we want to say? Do you? Because you yeah. sit there all the time and talk yeah. about certain things. You know what we want to say? We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for listening. And we have a request. If you would text the number 615-330-3644. And text the word mental health or mental illness or some way I know you're mentally listening to this program. What I would like to say is please share this with your friends, family, 
acquaintances. I hated put it, put it in-laws. All, put it all. I don't all, care who you share it with. Share it all over <laughs> Facebook. Share it on Instagram. I don't care. Just share it all over. Yeah. Share, share. It would be great to have more people listening to our awesome. program. We don't want to keep this to ourselves. Sometimes. We want folks to listen. And we'll try to do this again another time. Yep, yep.